Welcome to Latina Leading Diversity. On this podcast, my featured guests and I seek to inspire others by focusing on diversity-related topics such as DEI in business, supplier diversity, diverse hiring, as well as more. I'm your host, Angelique Alvarez, Head of Supplier Diversity and Inclusion at ATR International. We're a woman-owned, diversity-certified recruiting firm headquartered in the heart of Silicon Valley. So welcome back to Latina Leading Diversity, Angelique Alvarez, Head of Supplier Diversity and Inclusion at ATR International. Today, we are featuring a special guest, Wei Wu Curtis, president and co-founder of Support Solutions, a woman and minority-owned company specializing in contract center operations headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona. With over 20 years of experience in leading in leadership roles across multiple industries, Wei is an innovator and thought leader for customer experience and has worked with organizations to transform their customer service sales, and technical support teams. She is well-versed in all areas of company operations, including IT, continuous improvement, and personal leadership development. I'm excited to feature you today. Thank you for your time. Please introduce yourself, Wei, you know, as as a high-level snapshot of your journey and business, as well as we can dive into a few topics to inspire others. So thank you so much, and I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, thank you first and foremost for having me on the, your podcast, Angelique. It's a, it's a true honor to be able to be given the opportunity to kind of share share my story and share this, the story of our organization. So I, you know, I think you pretty much touched the gamut. You know, I, I've, I've spent many decades in terms of owning and operating my own um, call center operations around the world. And, and with it, you know, I, I've worked with several um, BPOs, vendor partners along the way, and I know that, you know, there are things that they did that were very good and were amazing. And there were things that were not so good and kind of caused me heartburn. And so I thought, you know, very recently, why wouldn't I want to take that perspective and those experiences and kind of what caused me heartburn to now go on the other side and be a vendor and make sure that we never do those things to, to our clients as we continue to, to service those folks. And so I think it gives me a very unique perspective now being on the other side and, you know, owning your own business, it gives me and my business partner opportunity to really kind of build our company the right way. So you actually, your journey and talking about your journey from when you started, you actually started, you know, in the call centers and then worked your way up to, to leading and, and, and pretty much leading global organizations. So, so you, your direct experience is what has brought you to this point. And I'm sure you're just more than, you know, invested in making sure this is the most positive experience for all that you work with. I know that when you said that you started your organization, you really wanted to be intentional in addressing disparity in the workplace regarding Mm -hmm. untapped talent. So with diversity and inclusion more important than ever, you know, would you please share a little bit about your commitment as it relates to your business and maybe some of your your experiences that that make you so passionate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think it it gives me a, a unique vantage point. One, being a woman myself and a minority, really kind of working through maneuvering kind of the the landscape of of corporate America, right? And so it's, you know, we often hear that we go into the workplace and we have to work that much harder to be even get recognized. And so when I had the opportunity to move into higher level roles or leadership roles, you know, it, it gave me an opportunity to see really kind of truly how much talent really was out there. And in most um, and in most contact centers, we we typically are the division that has probably the most diversity, 
in terms of a workforce. And so there, there are oftentimes where, you know, throughout the years, I would see a lot of really good and smart and talented people just never get the opportunity to get involved with projects or never be given the opportunity to be, to be seen as kind of the next future leader because, you know, because they often didn't look the part, because often they didn't dress the part. And oftentimes they just didn't have the right credentials to kind of play in that field. You know, people talk a lot about executive presence. And so I, I think we do a huge disservice by kind of whitewashing and labeling what we believe is the formula to success or the personalities that will be successful in that next role. And, and because of that, I really wanted to be able to kind of lift up people that are kind of hidden and have and don't have strong voices at the table to be able to kind of lead and mentor those individuals and give them a pathway, give them a crack in the door so that they have kind of the same and equal opportunities as everybody else. I think that's so important. I mean, I think that we're learning every day, even in my role leading diversity at ATR. For me, you know, fortunately, we've had a commitment to diversity. I mean, we're women-owned, we're minority-owned as well, and I've had the opportunity to grow within the organization. So from starting, you know, at the front yeah. to having the opportunity to lead diversity, which is such an honor, it's one of those things that once you get a taste and an understanding of the commitment and the mission behind it, it's just so hard not to want to give it your all and really invest. I mean, I'm fully invested in making sure I'm advocating for others, but we also need to advocate for our, you know, our fellow colleagues too, and employees right. and making sure. So on so many different levels, right. From us as women in business to helping one another to, you know, the women or the minorities that work within the organizations to companies, you know, giving the opportunity to new hires and, you know, call centers such as yourself and making sure that there, that opportunity is presented. So I think that this is a good topic for others to really be thinking about what they're doing, how they're continuing to, to, you know, provide that and how they can utilize companies like yours for that mission. As far as mentorship, you know, what advice do you have for others when it comes to getting involved for the greater good? And what are some examples of what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think when when people think about, you know, getting involved in the community and trying to make a difference, you know, they're thinking like some some big thing, right? And it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, all things start small. And so I would say, you know, the things that are near and dear to me, you know, that I get involved with, there's there's a, a good Asian population here in um, in Arizona. And so I have partnered with Excel, the, um, the Asian Corporate and Entrepreneurial Leaders Association here. And, and they're really committed to uh, bringing in mentorship programs, bringing in um, their annual conferences and plenty of speakers that really kind of directly address some of the inherent challenges that they see being Asian American in the workforce. And so how do we as a community continue to help along our future leaders better get into those not only mid-tier leadership positions, but really top tier and in the C-suite? Because we're probably the largest population that, that does well from, from a credential, from an education, from an opportunity perspective, but we are the smallest representation when it comes to the executive and the C-suite. So being able to take a conscious 
effort to really kind of either add to the education and how to help people maneuver around corporate America. Or if you're a young person, get involved with those programs because there's plenty of people out there that that do want to help uh, mentor, you know, young professionals and even if you're not so young professionals and stuff you know there's always so much information and so much experiences that you can glean off of other people you just have to be able to to want to do it and and that just has to be important to you so getting involved in your community um you know going up to somebody within your own workplace and saying hey could you could you mentor me or go to somebody that you aspire to be and ask them to help you know, to help coach you in terms of your own professional life. You know, it, it stuck to me one time where I had um, I had a supervisor in my organization and she asked me to be her mentor. And I had asked why, because there was plenty of really good mentors. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, one is because you're a woman, but we don't have a lot of women of color. And I think our journeys are different. I thought that was very insightful of her to, to request that. Absolutely. And I think that being vulnerable is, you know, one of the first steps to actually being, you know, asking for a mentor, being able to put your pride to the side. Sometimes, you know, in our careers, we want to, you know, we want to know everything and we're learning everything and we want to come across like we know everything in business, right? Because no one wants to, to admit maybe there's some areas of growth, at least, you know, depending on depending on your network, whether you're, you know, at a biz, you know, at a, at a conference table with your colleagues, but to be able to kind of be vulnerable and say, Hey, you know what? I would love your mentorship, or I could grow in this area. I think people don't necessarily tap into all of the knowledge that's out there because you don't know what you don't know until you know it. I mean, that's how I, I feel. I mean, today, even, you know, on a meeting earlier with another larger, you know, staffing firm, having, you know, CEO, having that conversation with her and, you know, being able to kind of tap into her journey and, and her willingness to just say, Hey, how can we help you get to that next level? How can we kind of share? It was just so empowering. Like, how can you not leave a conversation feeling empowered and, you know, more driven to be better and also give back to the next individual being able to say, Hey, and I think that even, you know, when it comes to this podcast, that's really the goal is like, let's really feature individuals who are leading and paving the way in the community and let's help others, you know, with, with that one thing that they're going to take from it, you know, and be able to right. apply to their business or their, you know, career or their personal life. So we touched on this. I'm kind of circling back to what we touched on before, and you don't necessarily have to, you know, name any, any names or what situations, but you had talked about how the women were treated differently from the men at a meeting and the experience that was taken from that. Um, would, would you be comfortable sharing that story with oh, yeah. us? Oh gosh, absolutely. I, I think it's so book. important because yeah, I think it's important and we want to be mindful. We don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but I think that that story really meant a lot as to what people don't realize is happening and what it may not be intentional, but right. could be happening, you know, within business. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, no, absolutely. When, um, I would, in this one particular instance, I sent my uh, group of my leadership team to really kind of s- to check out a, a site in, in another country in, in Guatemala. And um, one of my, so I sent two of my directors and two of my managers. So good mix of both men and women. And my leadership group knew that whoever we decided to partner with, they had to exude the same values and be really aligned with what was important to us if they were going to do business with us. 
And so at the end of that uh, trip, one of my managers, uh, she called me and I asked her, how was the trip? And she's like, it was just weird. I'm like, what do you mean it was weird? He's like, well, when we visited the center, it was like weird because it was like 80, 90% mostly men. I said, oh, well, that's kind of different because especially in, in call centers, it's, it's usually pretty mixed and diverse. And so, well, what else happened? It's like, well, when we would ask some of the questions, they were kind of dismissive of the questions that, you know, that she asked or the other woman asked and really put all the attention on the men in my group. You know, so it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. And then we're just like, you know, keep on doing their own thing and keep talking to the men. So at that night, typically the normal thing is to go out to dinner with them and stuff. And my group's like, hey, you know, it's been a long day. Thank you for dinner. But I think we'll pass. Um, and they, and my group ended up deciding to do something different. And so I'm really glad they did because to me, that wasn't the kind of the right alignment in terms of people that we want to do business with. And I'll, and I'll be a little bit more specific. So when, when the spender wasn't moving on for consideration, you know, I felt like I owed him an explanation since he hosted us. And, and so I, I told him, like, I, I sent my leadership team, that's a good mix of men and women, and you were extremely dismissive and, and practically ignored the women in my group. It's like, I don't know if you know this, but the top decision maker is a female. And so that's not going to fly with us. And so making other people who do business very conscientious about some of their, you know, maybe unconscious bias that they don't realize it, but we're very sensitive to, you know, to, to those business practices. And you see that in other countries, you know, where we'll go and we'll visit a great site in the Philippines. 90% of that leadership is made up of people from India. Well, then what does that look like if you are not empowering the people within that country that you're doing business in, not make decisions because all the decisions falls under folks from India? And how often is that going to delay working or delay decision making because of that lack of diversity within within those countries. And I think that this example was so important to kind of touch on because I can imagine that you put that much more thought into the training that goes into your employees, into the way that you run your business. And really that's how a company is going to be successful by the experience that you've had. Not everyone's going to have an opportunity to really lead, you know, companies and have those experiences, but for you to be able to kind of see like, hey, wait a minute, like we weren't treated fairly, you know what I mean? Right. You would think, but how it really affected them getting business, you know, in the future. So I, I thank you for sharing that. And I know that it kind of goes a little bit off topic, but I just feel like, you know, with it being diversity focused, it was a good story to kind of mention when it comes to doing business with others, because you do B2B. As far as collaboration and partnership, what, what makes a good partnership for you? What advice do you have for others who are looking to partner, who are looking to do B2B? I mean, what is it that you value in, in a company and looking for in a company? Yeah, I would say, you know, it, it definitely goes both ways. You know, you touched upon it, which is, you know, having very genuine conversations and, and having kind of the right personality to be very genuine, because we all know when when somebody fakes it, you know, I call it kind of the, the sleaze factor. You know, there's a high sleaze factor. I most likely don't want to be doing business with you. And so if, if you can't be upfront and honest and really kind of understand that we're mutually coming in together with this partnership so that both sides can be successful. And in order for both sides to be successful, you have to have good trust, good honesty, good transparency, 
And like with any relationship, it takes work. And so you are, you know, you are going to have your ups and downs, but be level-headed and, and understand that this is this is going to take work. But ultimately, that's the end goal that you want. And so, uh, you know, we choose partners that emulate very much of what we also value as well. Thank you for that, because trust is everything and transparency is everything. I mean, I think having the right people in the right roles within a company, I mean, especially when it comes to sales, right? Uh, you, you, you've worked, you know, leading global organizations and have been recognized and honored with multiple awards, you know, based off of your experience and transition leading teams to leading a company, you're also leading a family and setting an example, uh, you know, to your beautiful children. So what do you believe makes a great leader and what motivates you, you know, when, when leading and paving the way? Yeah, wow, that's that's a full question. You know, I would say for me, I kind of I kind of break it down in my in my life, right? To where, you know, for for many years when I was working and we we started having kids and they were pretty young, I, I was just working jobs. So then, you know, me and my husband can afford raising kids. And then it just wasn't a good time for me to move up. Now, my, my husband always knew I, I didn't have the right temperament to be a stay-at-home dad. So he he never pushed me in that direction. And so slowly over time, as the kids got a little older and it just made more sense that we had a little bit more uh, wiggle room for me to now make some moves and, and be a little bit more committed to, you know, directionally um, help my career. That's when I, I really started kind of focusing on, OK, well, what is my next step? And most people, they don't intentionally ever go into call centers. It's always by accident, you know, like, oh, we have this other weird division. You know, mm -hmm. we want you to take it over, too along with this, you know, promotion. And, and what I found out along the way is you actually can make a really good career out of call centers. And not many people see that because all they see is the front end where it's a, it's a horrible job. You get yelled at, screamed at, you get tethered to your seat. You know, it's like a sweatshop, right? You hear all the worst things about it. But what people don't understand is there's so much complexity in the business that if you take whatever opportunity it gives you, regardless of whatever industry, and you soak up all that you can and you learn it, and then you apply to where you're at, or you take it on to your next job, that continues to add the foundation of skill sets for you to keep moving up. And along the way, I've also had some really good bosses and really good mentors that I just sponged everything off of. Well, in parallel with that, my husband and I decided to also go back for our master's degree, and, and we kept having kids. And so- <laughs> We love a big family and um, I also like a successful career. And I think it just goes hand in hand with, you know, making me a little bit more balanced. You know, people often think of myself as, as like a total workaholic because they see me answering emails at two o'clock in the morning, which I don't expect anybody to do that. I just, mm -hmm. you know, I may have problems sleeping. So I'll just go do something productive, you know. Um, but people often look at me and, and say, well, how do you do it? How do you? You know, how do you stay married? How do you have five kids? How have you gone to school for this long and do all the things that you do? And, you know, and I'm honest with people and I say, well, I don't do it well. I just maybe hide it better than most people mm -hmm. because we have our days. We have our days that we just, we can't do it all. That my kids aren't perfect. I mean, they're, they're healthy and I love them to death and they're all functioning human beings. But at times it was, it was difficult you know, to be able to kind of juggle and say, okay, what's most important? Is it my work or is it my kids or is it my school that eventually I'm going to pay a, a ton of student loans on? I don't know. But being able to, to say, you know what, these three elements are really important to me in my life. 
And I've got to find balance. And we all have 24 hours in a given period. So you choose how much of that 24 hours you want to spend on what. So I'll sleep later. And until now, I'm going to continue to develop and get better at my skill because it really has led me to the point of being able to create my own company. And I'm using it as a platform to really kind of promote and give a voice to folks um, in an alternative workforce for women, for minorities, for LGBTQ, for single parents, for people who have been recently released from prison, you know, and military, you name it. And, and so I feel like now I have a, a much bigger purpose to serve kind of a larger, more alternative portion of our of our population. Um, and, and I think part of what also prompted that is, you know, we have three sons and two daughters and our two daughters are adopted from China. So my daughter was a year and a half and she's 17 now. And then our other daughter, we adopted her at three and a half and she's she'll be nine this year. Well, my youngest daughter has albinism. And so albinism, outside of not having pigment, she's considered legally blind. So then that got me thinking, okay, well, what does her future look like being sight impaired? And so we're working in partnership with Arizona Industry for the Blind and saying, are there opportunities, um, work opportunities that we can partner with to kind of help visually impaired adults gain employment so they can be self-sufficient? So it's things I never would have really even thought about. And so it all kind of plays in complement of one another. So the things that kind of happen within my personal life really now is extending into my professional life in terms of now, how do I play a bigger role in that? How do I play a bigger role in the Asian community? How do I play a bigger role in terms of empowering and supporting more women? And, and so I, I think I've been really fortunate in this lifetime of to be able to have the opportunity to do that. I mean, at times owning your own business is scary, but um, it, it makes every bit of it completely worthwhile. Uh, we're busy all the time, but nobody will ever hear me say that I'm busy because I'll always make time for, for whoever it is or whatever it is. Just like you made time for today, which I'm extremely grateful for. And, and I'm so inspired by your story and, and really just seeing someone's story from the outside and how each chapter played a role in where you're at today, yeah. you know, in, in every experience. And we all have that journey and we all have the capability of what are we going to take from what we've learned and where are we yeah. going to go with it? And, you know, what are we good at? And for you to have some of the experiences firsthand, you know, this is where you're going to be investing a little bit more, you know, maybe because of a deeper understanding that you have. So that's very inspiring. I'd love to just kind of finally just kind of close out a little bit and, and just I'd love to learn a little bit about what, what you see the future, you know, what do you see in the future of your company as far as, you know, some of the partnerships that you have and some of the, you know, the things that you have, you know, moving and shaking within your organization. Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, the always the hardest part is kind of the beginning stages of starting your own business. And so, you know, support you first and foremost, you know, people know that we are a women minority owned organization. Um, and people often ask, you know, what's what's the difference? What's the difference between you and another BPO out there? Because there's hundreds and thousands of you. Right. And I truly believe it really inherently boils down to anybody can buy the technology. Anybody can operate in, in any country that they want. But what it really boils down to is the talent that you have internally and then how well you treat and develop that talent. That's what makes the difference. And so we really do come from a perspective of, you know, 
you're going to feel within our culture that people are first and people are the most important. Our technology stacks are, we've invested in the technology to best help people on board, to help ease the learning, to figure out how to give them visibility in terms of how they can be more successful from continual training and development. And, you know, and we do unorthodox things. If they get hired away from a competitor, we encourage that because then that gives them an opportunity to, you know, increase their, their ability to provide financially to their families. You know, I've had people come to me and like, you've learned as much as you can from me, bring me your, bring me your, uh, your resume and let's float it out there and see what we can get. Right. Because ultimately at the end of the day, I want people to be the best that they can be. And I hope it's within support you. And if it's not, then we're going to be equally supportive in terms of what that looks like outside um, because we, we do have a large network of support. So I would like to see in the future really greater collaboration and a growing network of like-minded companies that can share resources, can share learnings and best practices, and that we can all lean on each other to really kind of lift up these groups, lift up women, and, and really improve kind of the, the overall image of our, of our entire industry to be more than just you know, labor arbitrage, we're just hiring you for, for people to just answer, you know, we just need people to answer the phones in the cheapest locations. It has so much more to do than that. And so I, I hope that that's the, the, the difference that we make within kind of that small carve out in the BPO industry that we're in. So um, I like to be disruptive and, and I think it's time for change. I think it's time for changing that business model and now caring for something else beyond, you know, beyond the bottom line, beyond profitability and revenue. It's important but if you lead by people first, I believe that everything else follows. Wow. Thank you so much. I'm giving you a round of applause um, virtually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time today and really inspiring others and sharing with us about your company. And really, I mean, I, I'm excited to see your company continue to grow and the big things and the partnerships that are going to come from it. So thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, again, thank you for this opportunity, Angelica. I guess I, I, I may not have a lot of hobbies. This is why I love doing these things because- You're great at it. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a way to kind of get our story out there and yes. it's, it's the voice for others, not not me, just others. And hopefully when when we get the, when we reach the next call center, most people will be a little bit more patient and understanding exactly all of everything right. behind it, you know? Exactly and, right. <laughs> you know it's, it's these people that are students and have jobs and they have, you know, challenges. It's like, Everyone's they, touched a call center at some point on the line, right? Whether exactly. you're trying to return something at Amazon or whether you're trying to, you know, contact your T-Mobile for your to pay your phone bill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's not their fault that the network went down, you know, but they get yelled at and screamed at. So I, I have a lot of um, empathy for the folks on the front line. They they have a tough, tough job. Well, very honored to to connect with you again today. I look forward to the friendship and, you know, meeting you in person. And so thanks again so much. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it.